0: I am always amazed here in the United States, how many people do not know the difference between Armed Forces Day, Veterans Day, and Memorial Day. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. So maybe this will help you discern the difference between the three. Armed Forces Day is a day set aside for those that are currently wearing the uniform, Veterans Day is a holiday in November to thank those that hung up their uniform and Memorial Day is the day we think of those that never had a chance to ever get out of their uniform alive. Memorial Day 2022 and welcome to Truth to Ponder. We do have a lot to cover today. But here at the beginning of the program, I wanted to take just a moment to remind us about this special day here in the United States. Now, it was originally called Decoration Day from the early tradition of decorating the graves with flowers, wreaths, and flags of those that had served in America's Civil War. Now, during the first national commemoration, Former Union General and sitting Ohio Congressman James Garfield made a speech at Arlington after which 5,000 participants helped to decorate the graves of more than 20,000 Union and Confederate soldiers were buried there. Now eventually it became a national holiday and back in 1971 with the Uniform Federal Holiday Act with Mondays It was moved to the last Monday in the month of May, which is what we currently celebrate. So before we get into our program, I thought we would just pause right here and remember all those that gave their lives for their country. Welcome to our Monday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman, here on this Memorial Day 2022. I saw an interesting item that that came in my email just this morning before I started preparing for today's program. And speaking of those that have served in the United States, we think today of those that died in service for their country. I know that my father served in World War II in the Pacific Theater and also spent quite a bit of time behind enemy lines in China. My wife her her dad landed on D-Day and was one of the one of those that survived and made it all the way to the Battle of the Bulge and beyond. There seems to be a time in our history when I was growing up, that veterans were held in a higher level of esteem. Now, if we're really honest about something, and this is disturbing to me, somebody pointed out, we were talking, and I had to think, when was the last time the United States actually won a war? And it hit me, it's been around 77 years, the end of World War II, more or less. It was a stalemate in Korea. What did we gain in Vietnam? Desert Storm, all of it. And many of the activities we've been involved with until, until this day. Our military has gone through some dramatic transformations. And in the last year or so, and of course during the prior Obama administration, There were a lot of changes that occurred in the military. Suddenly, uh, homosexuality became important. The idea of a fighting force to defend a nation became less important, it became a social experiment. And we think of the veterans that have served in let's say the last 30 or so years. Going back to Vietnam even. And we see the suicide among U.S. veterans is around 20 a day nationwide and it is one of the greatest crises of our time just before the pandemic 6,261 veterans committed suicide they suffer in silence from what they went through and I have talked to some people I was just a little bit too young to have served in Vietnam. I, I would never have made it there because I was not old enough at the time. But those that are just a handful of years older than I am, many did serve. They were drafted, given a gun, and forced to serve in Southeast Asia. And I say with all sadness, what a mistake we made. What did we accomplish in Vietnam? Vietnam. We walked away. It is now a unified nation. And we buy clothing today from Vietnam. And how many young men had their lives cut short? When we look back at some of the conflicts that the United States has been involved in prior to the Second World War, we fought for freedom in our Revolutionary War. Some may argue we did the same to some degree in the Civil War, though there is debate on that. I'm not so certain what we accomplished in World War One, And we see the aftermath of World War II that, that changed the world and the entire planet as we knew it, as we came into the nuclear age. And so we look at the number of veterans that are committing suicide. And it seems that it started to rise in 2008 and it continued rising until 2014. A little dip, but here we are back. By the time we hit 2019, pre-pandemic, the number of veterans taking their own lives each and every day and every year is a concern. many of the conservative websites that I visit, many of the mails that I get every day, we're reminded reminded of, of those that gave their lives in service for their country. And I'm going to say something that maybe you don't want to hear. Maybe some of the battles that we have been involved with I'm reminded of something that Dwight Eisenhower said when I was just a little tiny child. He warned the American people as he left office in 1961 following the election of John F. Kennedy. In his farewell address to the nation, he said something that maybe some people didn't understand, maybe some people did. but he said beware the military industrial complex and growing up when i was in high school college years and now and again i would hear that expression the military industrial complex and i never really understood it until probably the latter part of the 1980s when i'm in my 30s heading toward 40 It finally dawned on me that growing up in a place like Long Island, just outside of New York City as a child, all of the parents of the kids that I knew, the fathers had, in one way, for the most part, served in the Second World War. And they all came back to the New York City area, and then they decided to move out to the suburbs like Levittown, Hicksville, and Westbury, a bunch of communities outside of the city, for a better life for their children. And always remember, and never forget, always remember this thing, that these World War II veterans were born in the 1920s, and their childhood was the Great Depression. And depending on where these people lived around the United States, the things they had to endure and go without during that period, that period of time in our history and just as they get into the latter part of their teens and heading toward their 20s they're called off to war and many many a parent lost a lot of sleep knowing they had a child maybe on a destroyer or a or an aircraft carrier in the Pacific maybe a son serving somewhere in Europe. And they dreaded that telegram that might arrive one day. We didn't have the electronic communications and instant ability to to talk to our loved ones like we do today in a battlefield. Mail was weeks late getting to people. So by the time you got a letter, well, things had changed dramatically on the ground. And so we think of those that served. We think of those people from the ninth who were born in the twenties, raised in the thirties, served in the forties, and tried to raise families in the fifties. And it's baby boomers like myself. I'm kind of midstream baby boomer, but you know, being born in the early fifties. And so is my wife. We're early. We're in the middle. Parents that served. I never knew that many people, honestly, that served in the Korean conflict. I, I, I've known a few. It wasn't as big of a war as the Second World War. I can remember many of my teachers had served somewhere. In, you know, my, some of these high school teachers, I learned, had served in the Marines or the Army or the Navy or the U.S. Army Air Corps, later becoming the Air Force. You know, to have a teacher that survived bombing missions flying out of, out of England. This is, these are the wars that we remember where there was technically a fight for freedom. And, and so I look at these, these wars of recent times. And I don't want to be misunderstood here. I look at some of the things we've been involved with the past 20 years. Our disastrous leaving of Afghanistan with unnecessary you know, deaths and confusion and Americans left behind what I consider enemy lines. And so I look at Afghanistan, I look at Iraq, I look at it all, and I wonder, what did we accomplish over those past 20 years? There was no decisive victory. We didn't get rid of evil. In fact, evil just simply returned and took its rightful place in the nations that we had sacrificed so much in terms of people, Finances, all of it, emotions. We live in a really strange time. And and I thank all those that were willing to put on the uniform of their nation. But my heart breaks because I realize the politicians that run this nation, that have called our sons and now even daughters into harm's way, For the most part, most of them are totally unfit to serve in the military, let alone in the halls of Congress or the Senate or in many of the government-paid jobs. The World War II vets are pretty well gone. And it won't be that long before even the Korean veterans are taken one by one as time goes by. Already now, those that served in Vietnam were beginning to lose them. Had a realized over the weekend, somebody that I I knew in another state, um, I'd kind of worked with him for a while. He's a little bit older than I am, maybe by about four years. And he had gone to a military school. He had served his nation, never talked much about it. And he passed away this past November. I didn't know about it. You know, we didn't keep in contact that often. And I happened to think of him, and I started to try to see when's the last time we communicated. And I looked, and then I did a little research, and I realized he he had passed away suddenly and unexpectedly. Life is but a vapor, says St. Paul. We put a lot of emphasis on this life. And today, here in the United States, we remember all of those that put on the uniform of their nation and died in the process of service. And the sad part is, in recent years, some of the places that they have served and lost their lives were unnecessary. I honor all of those that heard the clarion call. And for all of those that we have lost over the decades and centuries, we thank you. This nation needs to be, shall we say, give more gratitude and remembrance to all of you that served and for the families that still grieve the loss of a loved one, whether it be a few years later, or a few decades later, or many years later. We pray God's comfort
1: to you. We are a nation under God, and I believe God intended for us to be free. We must realize that no arsenal or no weapon in the arsenals of the world is so formidable as the will and moral courage of free men and women the price for this freedom at times has been high but we have never been unwilling to pay that price those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes they just don't know where to look the sloping hills of arlington national cemetery With its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses, or stars of David. Their lives ended in places called Bellow Wood, the Argonne, Omaha Beach, Salerno, and halfway around the world on Guadalcanal, Tarawa, Porkchop Hill, the Chosin Reservoir, and in a hundred rice paddies and jungles of a place called Vietnam. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom.
0: Listening to Truth to Ponder, and I'm your host, Bob Bierman, here on this Monday edition. By the way, if you're wondering who that was singing, that was the, the choir from Hillsdale College that came from a presentation they had put together for Memorial Day, and I thought you might, might enjoy listening to that. Now, let's move on. I have a number of stories in front of me today that I want to share with you. I'm convinced that there's so much in our mainstream media today. And that includes every major network and, of course, the dedicated news networks like uh, CNN and CNBC, MSNBC, newspapers, Even many of the sources that newspapers use, like the Associated Press, Reuters, they have traded in their, shall we say, integrity as journalists to be propaganda artists. I have no doubt in my mind on that. We've spent the last two years looking at how they have propped up the pandemic, To keep the fear alive. And no matter how many stories begin to come out, stories that are factual and undeniable, they put their fingers in their ears and they close their eyes and make a lot of noise. They don't want to hear the truth because the truth undermines and undercuts their ideology. I've never seen the likes of this in my life. It's been it's been growing, yes, um, in the last 20 years. What I call the narratives, what I call the, the thing of the day. What is the new thing that we're all supposed to rally around? Doesn't matter if it's a pandemic, doesn't matter what it is. We're all to rally around and all do, quote, our part. And even as certain narratives collapse and fall apart, we are told not to believe our eyes, not to believe our ears, not to believe our human senses and common sense, but to just believe what you are being told about anything in particular. There's so many stories today, and and, and I don't even know where to begin sometimes when it comes to pandemic, what's going on in Ukraine. I think most of us really... Myself included. There, there There's so many conflicting stories about Ukraine. What is true, what is not true? Honestly, I don't know. Did see this story that I thought was rather fascinating. I want to talk a couple of things about Ukraine. I'll just share the story and you can draw your own conclusions. The story came out that foreign fighters in Ukraine are under-equipped and outgunned. And that came out of all places, the Washington Post. How often have we been told that, you know, Ukraine's going to win? Everything's just wonderful. And many fighters fresh from the battlefield recounted to the Washington Post some glaring disparities between expectations and reality. Now, this includes Americans and other foreign fighters who had traveled to Ukraine in order to fight Russia, and they now have returned home. They weren't there very long. And they have spoken of their disappointment to the Washington Post. Now, the Washington Post reporting marks a a change in the tone that we had been seeing for, for weeks and literally months in the United States, the United Kingdom mainstream coverage. In the article, those that were interviewed lamented, among other things, a lack of equipment, weapons, and poor lines of communications. One of the fighters who agreed to speak to the Washington Post asked to be uh, named only by his first name over concerns for his own safety and that of his family. He is a United States Marine Corps veteran. He arrived in Ukraine just days after Russia launched its military operation back in February. So it appears things are not going as they as they planned. Now, he and several other foreign fighters were had been asked and been tasked to uh, with assisting and training Ukrainian troops in the use of U.S.-made anti-tank javelin missiles. He did that back in early March. And this unit that he served, was attached to, as he explained, was deployed to an unnamed town northwest of Kyiv, where they came under heavy Russian fire. The Marine Corps veteran recalled that while his team had been issued javelins and other anti-tank weapons, they had, ready for this... No batteries for the launch units, which rendered all of these wonderful weapons useless, worthless, unusable. He then recalled after two nights under heavy Russian artillery bombardment, eight out of 20 foreign fighters from his unit abandoned their positions. He claimed that his fellow U.S. Marine veteran had tried to break his machine gun with a rock, apparently hoping to pass it off as battle damage, while another one had, you know, feigned an injury. In other words, a lot of what we've been hearing may not necessarily be true about how well things are doing. There's actually another story that I noticed, too, that comes out of Ukraine. And this has to do with the president of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky. He's now kind of indicating that Donbass could fall and it would be indescribably difficult, uh, this Russian onslaught. And that was just this past Saturday where he, you know, where Vladimir Zelensky gave his most dire assessment to date of the status of the Ukraine forces in the eastern Donbass region where for over at least the last two months, Russia has been concentrating its forces. He described conditions there as indescribably difficult, and once again, what what marks a very pessimistic shift and a very negative tone for the Ukrainian leader. And strongly suggesting that the fall of Donbass, or at least whole regions, could be imminent. He identified several intense ongoing battles in places with a large Russian force presence. Now, the reason I bring this up, and and I'm not debating here, right or wrong, I'm just talking about media coverage, what we are told, what we are told to believe, and where is the truth? Where is the truth? Let's be honest. If If you go back to World War II... Okay, And if you lived in Germany, all you heard on your radio, unless you were listening to shortwave and able to hear the BBC or somebody else, if you went to the local movie houses, picked up the local newspaper, listened to the local radio in Germany, you would believe all the way until 1945, all the way through March that we can still win this war. A little more perseverance, we're going to win this war. Yet by that time, most of the major generals and leaders in Germany knew that the, the fall was inevitable. And they tried their hardest, and many, one by one, began to desert and leave and make plans for the future. To watch a lot of the newscast, and this includes, at times, even Fox News. Sometimes they get into what I call uh, the Rhino Club news. That's when the rhinos get along with the Democrats on certain issues. And they seem to fall into that quite often of late, whether it's vaccine, whether it's Ukraine, the thing of the day. We've had way too many things of the day over the last couple of years and it's almost like an onslaught to keep us very confused now I've got a lot more to share other stories that if you tie them together I think can give you a good clear picture of the future hard to believe that tomorrow is the last day of the month the 31st of May and we're entering the month of June that means we begin our twenty-first month. See, June, yeah, twenty-first yeah, month of doing this program every day. Truth to ponder. We have been on shortwave radio since the very beginning, starting primarily with WRMI, and then we added KVOH out of Los Angeles, California, Simi Valley area. That has coverage into the South United States and also the Caribbean. We're also on an AM radio station in Delta, Utah, and if you're listening there, I'd love to hear from you. And and I I wonder what opportunities God has in store. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna admit right now that I am very tired today. It's been a long week and a half, two weeks, as I've mentioned before. We're We're looking at selling our home in Georgia and finding a different place, call it our our retirement home, to be near family. But I also want to make sure that there's ample opportunity for ministry. So just pray that everything will, will it's just wearing us out, getting everything ready uh, for a sale. And just pray that the right person comes along to buy this place so we can just take all the proceeds and deal with it going forward to the new place. So keep us in prayer. If you want to help keep us on short wave, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? Ancient Word Radio. Mailing address, Truth to Ponder. 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. The city is Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida. Crestview, Florida, zip code 32536. That's 32536. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. Did you know that Moses
2: was Pentecostal? Shalom alechem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection. And get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now. Moses was definitely a Pentecostal. In fact, most, if not all, Orthodox Jews are Pentecostal. You see, Pentecost is a Jewish holy day. That's right. The day of Pentecost didn't come first to the disciples. It came first to Moses. Because there in the wilderness, God told the Israelites to count seven weeks after Passover and then celebrate a special holy day. So that holy day was called Shavuot, which in Hebrew it means the Feast of Weeks, and it was Israel's summer Feast of Harvest. Now, when the Jews who spoke Greek had to come up with a Greek name for the Feast of Harvest, they saw that seven weeks plus one adds up to 50 days, so they called it the Feast of 50 Days, or in Greek, Penta, 50, Kostes, Days, or Pentecost. So Pentecost is actually the Hebrew holy day of Shavuot. So when you celebrate Pentecost, you're actually celebrating the ancient harvest of Israel. And Orthodox Jews are really Pentecostal. So what does this teach us about the coming of the Spirit? Well, Pentecost came not once, but every year. There are many Pentecosts. And so you need to be filled with the Spirit, not just once, but every day of your life. Second, the Spirit's coming is linked to a harvest celebration. So if you're filled with the Spirit, you're going to go out into the harvest field and spread the gospel of salvation. And third, the Spirit's coming is linked to Israel. So if you're filled with the Spirit, you have to love Israel, the Jewish people, and pray for her redemption. And lastly, it's not only Jewish to believe in Jesus, but remember, Moses was Pentecostal. Want more? Ask for Shavuot. Feeling like your walk with God could use a real spiritual boost? We've got the answer. A free subscription to Sapphires. Warning, use is directed. It can revolutionize your walk for victory. And the the mystery of the temple doors all free. You'll love it. How do you get it? Easy. Just remember Jesus' Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. Call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now I invite you to minister with me in two of the most exciting ministries. To beam the word of life around the earth. by Shoreway Radio to every tribe and tongue and to Israel, the Jewish people who gave you salvation. Just call now 1-800-YESHUA-1 That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1 Or write me direct The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111 in Lodi, New Jersey 07644 That's Box 1111 Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey 07644 Till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying Shalom Alechem, peace be to you my friend and Messiah Hadera the way.
1: This
0: is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Monday, Memorial Day edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. We spent a little time At the beginning of the program, talking about Memorial Day and what is the difference, I've been very surprised that how many people, including some, shall we say, politicians and leaders, can't discern the difference between Armed Forces Day, Veterans Day, and Memorial Day. They get them confused. As I mentioned, the best way to remember is that Armed Forces Day are for those that are currently wearing the uniform of our nation. And you have Veterans Day, those that wore the uniform of our nation and came home. And Memorial Day, those that died wearing their uniform in service of our country. And I can remember listening to, I think, a former president did not quite understand that a number of years back. So there we are. Here we are on this this Memorial Day 2022. And we are producing the program on Memorial Day. This has been, as I, I mentioned, it's been a very busy time for my wife and I, and I, I just, I'm really feeling it now. I, I'm sometimes... What sort I'm looking for? There are times that I I really want to do a good job with this program, and it takes a lot out to put it together. Today I'm just trying to get through today's program, but I've got some interesting news and things to share. We started this program way back in 2020. It seems like a million years ago now. Last day of August of 2020, we started, and at that time, my concern. This is before we ever heard of the vaccines or any of that stuff. As I recall, Dr. Anthony Fauci was saying, you know, a vaccine is years away, years, just years. It it, it takes a lot of testing because, you know, it could be fatal. It could be terrible. You could hear him just saying that at every press conference he could, that the vaccine concept, give it up. Don't worry about it. Not happening. Then all of a sudden, after the election, in November, no less, the breakthrough. Everybody seemed to suddenly have a vaccine at the same time. It was amazing how Moderna and Pfizer, uh, Johnson & Johnson, AstraZeneca, all these companies magically had a vaccine ready to go, and they're going to have it ready to start rolling it out in just a matter of a month. I can remember when I heard that in November after the election. The alarm bell went off. They've known about this for a long time. In fact, the more I study, the more we research, the deeper you get. They knew about these vaccines for years before COVID-19. But they didn't care. They used the pandemic. I mean, think about it. When in history have we done the things that we've done for a coronavirus that turned out to be not as deadly as they claim. And I know I I get people that say, well, you know, my Uncle Joe, he you know, he he died of COVID back in 2021 or 2020 or whatever. And and you don't want to be cold and calloused, you just don't. But but here's my question. How do you know it was COVID? And I know that's a terrible thing to ask, but I've been reading some stories of people that actually did ask when they were told that grandma died of COVID. You know, she'd been in the nursing home and then she had to be taken to the hospital and then put on a ventilator and then she dies. And there's been so many stories like that of of older people dying that way. Matter of fact, here's some statistics to help you. Contrary to some of the things being well, put out there in the media in 2020, people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s were not walking down the streets of China, somewhere in China, and suddenly grasping their their chest and falling to the ground dead from COVID. There were those, so many of these you know, really poorly produced videos. It's like Dr. Wong, who I've had as a guest, points out. Notice how everybody could find a way to use their hands and arms to break their fall. That doesn't happen when you're suffering a heart issue or something along those lines. You generally don't do that. But all these videos, it was just amazing. Somebody, you know, struggling, walking down the road and then falls over and dies, and within seconds, there's the hazmat suit people carrying the body away. And we're told it's all true, all believable told how many would die in the United States by the summer of 2020 that didn't. And on and on it goes. And people that, when they do the research to find out what was the real ailment that killed somebody, it wasn't COVID. If we treated the flu, when somebody gets very ill with the flu, especially if you're elderly and have other issues... If we treated people with the flu the same way we were treating those with supposed COVID-19, most of those people would still be alive today. I am more and more convinced that more people would be alive today had they been properly treated from day one. And I mentioned to somebody uh, just over the weekend that I, I've known I know somebody personally that was diagnosed ended up in the hospital he's a veteran so he's in the VA hospital and they're going to follow the CDC protocols cuz that's the only protocol they know and will approve he was literally declining rapidly and his wife intervened and she is just a very shall i say tenacious individual and an attorney and somebody else they got him out of that hospital And got him the correct treatment, and he lived. So I'm convinced that most of those that died, I I see statistics from doctors that I've been following that have been very accurate, putting their careers at great risk. Heard this in a conversation yesterday, too. Many of these doctors are afraid to go against the narrative because they're going to lose their job and their license and their practice or if they're one of those practices that were bought up by large hospital chains. You know, the money in medicine is obscene. It really is. And these not-for-profits do quite well. And they pay quite well. They just don't make a profit. They do, but they don't. And how many doctors will look the other way and say, well, you know, we have to follow the protocol. If I don't, I will be fired, or I will lose my license. And so their license and their livelihood, they just put up with it and hope for better days to come. But the more you capitulate, the more you give in, the more ground you yield, the more you compromise your integrity, They'll only come back and demand more because they know you'll do it every time. Saw this little story, and I I wish you could see the little chart, but I'm just going to kind of give it to you. And and this is data that comes out of Walgreens, you know, the pharmaceutical company where you can get your, you know, COVID-19 vaccine. And, And they're looking at the positivity rates between... Various statuses of being vaccinated, okay? And they're looking at those people, they're looking at the, you know, the positivity data of the test for those that are not vaccinated, those that have had one dose, those that have had two doses, those that have had uh, two doses but more than uh, five months ago, or three doses more than, five months ago or less than five months ago. And people that have one dose of the vaccine, well, actually, here's what it boils down to. With one minor exception, and it's very slight, the unvaccinated have a lower positivity rate for the coronavirus. Those with the highest rates, those with the highest rates, are those that have had three doses of the vaccine less than five months ago. Highest rate of positivity. What is the next one? Two doses less than five months ago. One dose. And it goes on and on and on. Those that are unvaccinated seem to have the lowest positivity rate, which then drives the question, how can that be? How can that be? If these vaccines worked as Joe Biden told us back in January, February, March and April of 2021, that everybody get vaccinated and then, then you can take off your mask and get your life back. And we find out it was all for naught. They don't work. They simply do not work. They're failures. Let's, let's put this in a very simple way to understand it. When it comes to these vaccine mandates and all that go with it, I am not going to comply. Because if I comply with what I can see are illegal and unconstitutional rules, regulations, laws, and mandates, you give an illegitimate government bureaucrat or agency or the government itself power they do not legally have. You're surrendering it. You're giving it away. And let me just add this little thought. When you go back to November of 2020 and we heard there was a vaccine, Initially, I'm thinking, how wonderful. Maybe we can get this pandemic behind us until, until people started looking at what these vaccines really were. And they are not vaccines in the conventional understanding. And a lot of people were sounding warning bells early on that you're dealing with a great experiment that has never worked. Saw another little story. And, you know, once again, these globalists have got this idea that there's too many people in the world, so we must get rid of 13 out of every 14 people. And then the world can be a happy place. Baby boomers like myself, and those that are a little bit older than I am, those born, let's say, in 1945 or 46, they want to keep that number low. There's a big number of us, and they're, they're afraid we're going to financially bankrupt the system. So what do you do? You get rid of them. Hope that they die sooner. Instead of somebody living to be 85, maybe they'll make it to 78 or 75. And by doing that to a large number of people, and if it happens over a large number of years, most people will never make the connection of what's happened. I don't know what's in these vaccines that's causing a lot of issues, but here's some of the things we know. When it comes to, shall we say, pregnant and nursing moms getting vaccinated under the encouragement and of, co- of coercion is painful. And we're seeing things with pregnant women or those that want to be pregnant in these vaccines, it's very troubling. Now, now bear in mind, the FDA and Pfizer have worked hand-in-hand, you know, partners in crime. And I say that legitimately. They never wanted you to know the data. They wanted to keep all this data hidden till decades after most of us are dead and gone. Academic institutions, medical institutions, public health agencies... Every one of them are still recommending that pregnant women take the vaccine as a precaution against COVID. What we are seeing is a dramatic increase in miscarriages. And there is increasing evidence that this will impact fertility dramatically over time. We're seeing it. We're seeing it. You know, pregnant women were excluded from the clinical trials when they were declared safe and effective for pregnant women. Pfizer, the FDA, and the CDC. The entire medical community. Your local employer who declared that you couldn't come to work if you're not vaccinated have concluded that all this was safe and effective. Well, if it was safe and effective... Why is, why is every vaccine you can still get today still under emergency use authorization? There is no time-tested and fully approved FDA vaccine that you can get. And I don't care what Pfizer and the FDA tried to pull last year in their fraudulent press conference implying that the Pfizer vaccine now is it's, it's approved. Well, there is a, a so-called approved version, but you can't get it. Oh, but Bob, it's the same thing. No, it's not. And they don't want you to know the difference. I knew, I knew the day of that press conference in August of last year. At this same desk that I'm sitting at now with the same screen, the same computer, the same equipment I'm working with. I watched the entire press conference and recorded it, and I downloaded all the press material that was available, uh, all you know, all the background information, and something rang out. I'm watching this thing, and they're talking about the trade name, Corminiti or Corminati, whatever they want to call it, and then I'm noticing something in the FDA letter to Pfizer granting the approval it kept mentioning another letter that had been mailed about two weeks prior. But nowhere in the information packet was that other letter. I finally stumbled across it. It took forever online because the FDA had a weird way of filing public documents. And you just had to guess what the folder name might be. And I ran into it. And it became clear that all they were doing was approving a vaccine that someday would be produced. But until such time, they were continuing and upholding the emergency use authorization for the current Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. And so that's all that we're ever given. That's all. That were ever given you know I mean and then they wanted to hold all this information for what 70 55 to 76 years they didn't want you to know about the data for these studies when you look at the fraudulent FDA approval here's something I want you to remember the animal studies that were done as part of that study for the FDA for that approval were based on you know a study that one of them was uh, included 44 rats And we're done over a period of 42 days. The problem is that doesn't fulfill the requirement to ensure that a drug or whatever will do harm to the next generation. The doctors conducting the trials, all of them, either had been employed or owned shares of stock in Pfizer or BioNTech. They follow the money. As the saying goes today, if you follow the science, you're going to keep following the money. Money has replaced science. And there was an attempt to hide the fact of these doctors and their connections to having stock or shares or having been employed by Pfizer or BioNTech just to use their initials on the studies. So they couldn't be identified. You know, there's a conflict of interest. One more thing. All emergency use authorization excludes pregnant women. Pregnant and nursing women, prior to this study, were never allowed to participate in in any phases of human clinical trials on anything. But now, magically, pregnant women can be. And so we're seeing this uptick in, well, miscarriages, miscarriages, Uh, adverse events, fetal deaths, post-term, pre-term deliveries. I mean, just the list goes on and on. It's not good. They tried to hide it from you. Would you keep my wife and I in your prayers over the next days? As I said, this has been kind of a got up this morning, had a bit of a sleepless night just so much on our our plates right now and it's not easy to get all the things done we're trying to get done with certain deadlines there is a good chance that this program will originate next week again in virginia we'll be staying with our daughter and son-in-law for for a while it's not easy being on the road and it makes it hard to do the program but we're going to keep trying So, would you pray for me that I can keep this program going as it needs to go? Right now, I'd like you to make some suggestions. What topics could we cover that may be helpful to you? There are a lot of topics out there, and I think looking at this world from a biblical and distinctly Christian point of view is something that we do need to do. No doubt in my mind about that. We are living in increasingly perilous and very uncertain times. On that you can be fully assured. I know that you understand it. And as I babble on here today trying to share with you what's on my heart and my mind, I know that we may have a little respite, but I recognize there'll be another pandemic, another, another crisis coming down the road. If you think that we're going to have a peaceful election in the United States this fall, I don't think we can. They'll come up with something. They'll find a way to stuff box ballot boxes again. They, they can't afford to lose. the Democrats can't afford to lose as many seats as they're about to lose in a short amount of time. And so I, I don't trust. I, I can't believe that, as much as I love my country, I cannot trust my government any longer. The truth is not in them. It's all about power and money. Do you believe in the program we do here? Would you consider supporting us financially? If you can help keep us on the air, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? Ancient Word Radio. Mailing address is 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's number 3248. The city is Crestview. That's one word, Crestview, Florida. 32536. That's 32536. Visit the website. You can send me a direct email from the contact page. You can even support us from the website. Till tomorrow, may God richly bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more...